It is almost time for the weekend, but we can't officially get into it until we have another edition of the Speaking For Him podcast. Thanks for tagging along today. I'm Adam McNutt, alongside the host of the program, Mr. Andrew Gommerson. Hello, Adam, and we have another one of our character quality focus episodes for you. Today we are talking about forgiveness, and I don't have the song for you today, but I did want to give a shout out to Matthew West. I'd like to say that he's a friend of the show, but I've actually never met him. But I just want to say that I think he's a great songwriter, and his song, Forgiveness, is a great song. So if you have an opportunity to click over to YouTube after you listen to this podcast... (laughs) and find that song and listen to it, it would be a good resource in addition to this week's Speaking For Him podcast. All right, with that being said, let's go to Adam for our quote of the day. Mr. Quote himself here, C.S. Lewis says, To be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. And I think, Adam, one of the reasons I brought this quote up is I think That's one of the keys to remember. We often, when people wrong us, we're like, we want to get back at you. We want to have revenge. Anger. And then we realize all the stuff that we've done, some stuff that we never would want to repeat to anyone, that God has forgiven us. And hopefully, in relation to one of our previous podcasts, it puts us in a humble state of mind and helps us to remember that if God forgave us, we should also forgive others. And this is another one of those podcasts that was requested by a listener to for us for our perspective, um, and more importantly, God's perspective on the issue of forgiveness. So as we dig in here, I hope that you will have some gems that you can think about and study yourself. I would like to say this. I probably don't say this enough on the podcast that what I have to say is not very important. But what God has to say is very important. And as we put together these Speaking For Him podcasts, we endeavor to do the best we can to share with you what God would have us say and to make it beneficial to you to bring you not to see us better, but to see Jesus Christ more clearly. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, the first point that I want to bring out uh, for this one is it's a blessing to be forgiven. Adam, could you read Psalm 86, 5? Absolutely. Or actually, um, I got that wrong, so we'll just um, back up, and you can leave this in, because I am not perfect, um, (laughs) and I want this show to reflect that, that I am not perfect, but that, just like you, I am a Christian on the journey, trying to get things right, so the verse that we're actually going to start out with is Psalm 32, 1 and 2. Okay, it says here, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord inputteth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. Psalm 32, 1 verses 2 there. Okay, and this first verse I really like because he's he's basically saying, that every man, with the exception of Jesus Christ, is imperfect. But if we uh, ask for forgiveness, we can be blessed because we can be forgiven, our sin can be covered, and God does not hold our iniquities against us if we have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. He takes them away. The New Testament understanding 
um, of this verse is found in Second um, Corinthians five twenty one, which says, "He who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him." And I am so thankful for that. And then uh, another verse along these same lines is, is Psalm eighty six five, where it says. For thou, Lord, art, art good, and ready to forgive, and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. God does not reject anyone. He is, stands ready um, to forgive us, and he wants us to live with that knowledge and to seek his forgiveness so that we can live in complete fellowship with him. Adam, do you have any thoughts on this first point? That... I'm very thankful <laughs> that God will cover all multitude of of sins, of of shortcomings, and um, you know He calls all of us to that. There, there's nobody that is left out or is not good enough to be brought to God for the first time or back. Uh, we're all at the same playing field. You know, it's not like somebody has done something horribly worse than this person. Or this person, you know, sin is sin. So we've all been in that same playing field, so be reminded to look at each other equally and know that God can cover all sins and forgive all people, all things, uh, is encouraging. <laughs> it's like, yes, thankful, <laughs> extremely thankful for that. Absolutely. And then the outgrowth, as we talk about, it's a blessing for us to be forgiven. And kind of another part of C.S. Lewis's quote up there is that God wants us to forgive others. And Adam, I would like you to read this passage. It's kind of a lengthy passage. But it's from Matthew eighteen twenty two to thirty five. Okay. And listen and pay attention. I think this has a lot to say to us. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall I shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times? Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And we, when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him ten thousand talents. Before as much he had not to pay, his lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife, and children, and all that he had, and payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which was which owed him a hundred pence. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servants fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me. I will pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry, and came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgive thee all that debt, because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth, and delivered him to the tormentors, till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if you, if ye from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother, 
their trespasses. It's Matthew 18, verses 22 through 35. And for the most part, we know that Jesus Christ's forgiveness is unconditional. Mm -hmm. He doesn't require certain works of us. He doesn't make us clean ourselves up before we come to him. He does the cleaning after we come to him. But this is a very clear indication where he's saying, if you want to be forgiven, you need to forgive others. And I think it's very convicting because, as I said in the open, we can be very uh, humble when it comes to our own sin and, you know, going before God and saying, I'm not worthy to go before you, but thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for letting me start over. And then our brother or our coworker or our friend does something against us and we tend to lash out and we justify our anger. We say, well, they did this to me and, and, and I shouldn't have to put up with that. And we, we get very self-justifying. But Jesus is saying here, you know, if you don't forgive them, then I am not going to forgive you. And that's very convicting. And then also another aspect of this is Peter says, how many times should I forgive my brother if he sins against me? And uh, he says here, 70 times 7. And, you know, I, I heard some, I heard one preacher say, and I'm not exactly sure about this, that this was actually 70 to the 7th power, which, which would be, we're not going to do a full math lesson here, but that would be a whole lot more than just 490. But whether it's literally 70 times 7 or 70 to the 7th power or whatever the actual number that Jesus said is, his point is, I don't want you to keep track of it. I want you to forgive and do your best to forget. It's kind of interesting with God that he never forgets a promise that he made to us. It's impossible for him to forget the things that he says to us. And yet the one who never forgot a promise, the only one that 100% kept his promises to us, chooses to forget our sin. To me, that is amazing. That he has the capacity both to not forget his promises to us, but to choose to forget our sin. And we need to have that same attitude toward one another. There's a passage that says love covers a multitude of sins. Meaning, if our friend sins against us, we shouldn't run to our other friends and point out his sin. If we can resolve it among the two of us, we should. And it shouldn't go any further than the room that we're in if it doesn't have to be. Because if our whole purpose in in bringing it further is just to degrade them we're not having the attitude that god would have us have and there's actually another passage i didn't look it up for this podcast but it says if your brother sins against you seven times in one day and still comes to you and asks forgiveness you're to forgive him i don't know how many times a day i sin against my brothers or other people it's probably (laughs) more than i would even realize But the point is, we're not supposed to keep track. Because God doesn't. There's another psalm that says, If you kept track, Lord, who wouldn't be able to stand in your presence? And the answer is no one. So we need to remember that. So 
It's a blessing to be forgiven. God wants us to forgive others. And it's, as I said, it's easier to forgive others when we remember what God has done for us through his son, Jesus Christ. And Adam, could you read that passage there in Ephesians 4, 30 to 32? Absolutely. It says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. All right, and so here we have the remember, reminding us, we have Paul reminding us what Jesus did for us. And so he's saying, because Jesus did this for you, and because he gave you the Holy Spirit, and because we're sealed by the Holy Spirit until the day that Jesus comes back again, we should put these attitudes away from us. And I think it's important that he mentions this, because Sometimes we can get this idea that as soon as we come to Christ, all those things will be naturally done away with. And there is a sense in which that's the case, because the Bible says that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. But there's also a very deliberate thing, a very deliberate process that we need to go through. And we're told to put off all of these things. And in Colossians chapter 3... We're told another list that's similar of things to put off and also things to put on. We need to put on good things to fill the void for the bad things that we put off. And then this last point is, like our Lord, have an attitude of forgiveness before people ask. And this was actually, I think, one of the points that the person that asked for this episode to be made asked me about. And she said, or they said, what should I do if someone is not seeking forgiveness? And there's a sense in which I can't give you forgiveness, Adam, unless you ask for it. There's a very real sense when that's the case. But there's also a sense in which we must adapt an attitude of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise, it's going to eat us up inside. There's a familiar quote that says, um, harboring bitterness and choosing not to forgive is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. <laughs> we think that we are um, withholding something from the other person, but really what we're doing is we're holding on to something that we should be giving to the Lord. Listen to what Jesus did along these lines. In Luke 23... 34 and 35, it says, Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. And people stood beholding. And the rulers also with him derided him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he be Christ, the chosen of God. So they're basically, they, it's funny how over and over in the Gospels, people would say, well, if you do this, or this, or this, I'll believe in you. But Jesus wasn't one who was going to do whatever other people wanted him to just for their fancies. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a story about the rich man and Lazarus, and when the rich man goes to hell, he says, send a prophet to my brothers to tell them that they're headed to hell. 
so that they'll listen and then maybe they'll avoid hell so they don't have to be in torment like me. And Jesus said, and, and the story goes on to say, even if a person rose from the dead and appeared to them, they still wouldn't believe. And that's the way people acted toward Jesus Christ. But Jesus has this attitude where as he's being nailed to the cross, he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And I've heard a preacher once say that this was actually a continuous cry that he had, that he said over and over again. I'm not real sure if that's the case, but even if it's not, even if he just said it once, he meant it. And it really began to happen almost immediately because the centurion who was uh, kind of in charge of things after Jesus died said, surely this was the Son of God. And I, I would hope that the centurion was one of the 500 or so people that Jesus appeared to after he rose from the dead and that the man realized the end of the story and truly accepted Jesus Christ as his Redeemer. But the lesson here is that Jesus was offering forgiveness, at least an attitude of forgiveness, before these people asked. And Jesus offers you forgiveness right now. He's made the provision for you to be forgiven. All you have to do is ask for it. And so my advice, my word of wisdom on that score is to have an attitude of forgiveness so that even if the person does not come back to you and ask for forgiveness, that you have forgiven them in your own heart and in your own mind so that you can move on and not allow it to stifle you and... Um, to put a root of bitterness in you that will ruin your life. So we need to have an attitude of forgiveness. I hope that these observations have been a blessing to you. I hope that you will continue to listen and that you will tell your friends and that you will contact us, especially if this is your first time listening. But even if you've been listening for a while, contact us with the contact info that's about to roll and let us know what you think of the Speaking for Him podcast. But until next week, this is Andrew Gomison saying, keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him, alongside his co-host and executive producer, Adam McNutt. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at speakingforhim. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review.